Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Howdy, folks. Happy Friday. We're preparing for the upcoming winter storm in, in western New York, which is sort of an oxymoronic uh, thing because we always get winter storms in western New York. But this one seems to be stepped up in terms of its, you know, like people are actually making plans to not go out to dinner and honker down through Saturday and Sunday. And whatever, uh-huh. that, whenever, whenever that happens for us, it never turns out to be a, big, a storm as big as people think. I know it's like they change their they they change their plans and they oh my god it's like you know, we're stocked up on bread and milk and we're yeah. or in the case of some of my other friends alcohol and beer and 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 they and then it ends up being nothing so the anyway stu- yeah the, the stupidity of it all uh, I did just get an email from the NHL real quick I'll mention so the um, skills competition is fastest skater premier passer NHL. Save streak, NHL puck control, NHL hardest shot, NHL accuracy shooting. That's what the uh, the events are this year. If anybody you know is my 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 yawn. It yeah, I you know you, but I'm just I'm just letting <laughs> up. Oh. That was an that was an actual real yawn and not a fake. Oh, so Bob Kraft, you know, came out today and extolled the virtues of one Tom Brady and. And that's great. You know, he's, you know, he, he, he says he's definitely the greatest player of all time, which again, I do think is a red herring because you can't match up like a quarterback to a running back to whatever. Right. So he's the son I never had. Yeah. I I get that. You know, he's definitely the best quarterback of all time. Nobody's going to argue that, but then, you know, now I'm hearing to get morphed into the greatest athlete of all time. And I'm going to tell you who I believe the greatest athlete of all time is, and I probably will write something about it this week because it's not Tom Brady. Tom Brady is a great athlete. Don't get me wrong. But this athlete was really great in pro sports and in non-pro sports, and that's Jim Thorpe. I was I was going there, yeah. To me, he's the greatest athlete because when he played for the New York Giants, he hit 285, by the way. So he was, he was a pretty good baseball player. He won Olympic medals that got taken away from him. He played for Lehigh University, and he actually downed his own punt. Now, I've argued this with people because it's in the newspaper, and they were like, well, newspaper accounts in those days. I'm like, yeah, but think about it. If you kick a ball in the air 50 yards, but the hang time is like Mike Bragg, and let's say it was like five seconds, six seconds, that is enough time for the guy to get down and make the play. It definitely is, especially when you are a world-class track and field guy so and didn't he didn't he play didn't he play in what was like the he played in the nfl i believe or, or the canton bulldogs or something like that yeah i don't know if it was the nfl at the time right it may have been the precursor to the it was professional football yes he played professional football as well he pretty much did anything he wanted to do athletically and didn't have the training the vitamins the, the quarterback gurus 
all these other things that players have. Like people always want to bring up Bo Jackson, and he was a natural athlete too. Yeah. But, but even he had more training than than Jim Thorpe did at his avail, you know, available to him. I mean, you can see. I know people have said Deion Sanders, you know, because he played, but but Deion Sanders was not a good baseball player. He, he really was, wasn't. He, but Bo Jackson was a slugging yep. outfielder, and I still remember that play where he climbed the wall yeah. in center field. We all and, remember that. And a and an unbelievable running back. And I remember watching that game against Cincinnati, where he where he hurt his hip, and he was. Yeah. Never the same, and it's such no. a it was such a tragedy. But yeah, no, it's I mean, and Herschel Walker's up there too, but they're not at, at Jim Thorpe's level. They're just not because Bo. I don't know how many. I gotta see Jim Thorpe. I gotta see how many Olympic medals he actually had. Uh, I think it was four or five. Yeah, I think it was four or five. Let's something see. like that. But but yeah, no, no. That's I mean. Yeah, he did play for the Canton Bulldogs from nineteen fifteen to seventeen and nineteen and twenty. The Cleveland Indians, the New York Giants. The Rock Island Independence, the Tampa Cardinals, like he he coached, like I mean he was on okay, so it was the NFL. He was the NFL nineteen on the NFL's nineteen twenties all decade team. He was on he first team all pro in nineteen twenty-three. Like this guy was ridiculously talented. Just ridiculously. Um Olympic career, one, two, at least four, javelin two hundred meter discus. And so yeah. Looks like about four medals. Yeah, and just uh, I mean, we're not gonna. I don't want to make predictions on the NFL, uh, the championship uh, games, because I don't want people betting on what I'm gonna say because I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah. I know who I'm rooting for. Um, I, and I have nothing against the Rams, but I think I'd like to see the Saints get there because I'd like to see. I would love to see a Breeze and Brady matchup. Yeah, I'd love, yeah. I'd love the the two forty year old quarterbacks. You know, probably their last. I mean, you know, that they could keep going for a couple more years, but their last sort of kick at the can type of thing. Um, Mahomes is great enough that he'll have other opportunities to get to the Super Bowl. Um, it's going to be tough for pa the Patriots to win in Kansas City, though. But I don't put it past them because I don't put anything past the Patriots. They've just defied logic for a number of years, so it's possible that they could go to Kansas City and win. Although I wouldn't, like I said, I wouldn't bet on it. Uh, all right. So two things. It looks like in 2005 they actually figured out that Jim Thorpe also played for a traveling basketball team. <laughs> like it's just, I know, it's crazy. All right. Jim Thorpe was Mar Metal Arc Lemon. He played for the for the Globetrotters. There you go. Yeah. Um, so as far as football goes, I do think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win. I wouldn't bet on it either, but I think Tyreek Hill is the, is the secret ingredient because the thing about the Patriots is their defense is pretty good, but they don't have like the fastest linebackers or the best secondary. And you get Tyree kill the ball, and one person misses a tackle, and you can't catch him. It's impossible to catch this guy. And Mahomes is so tricky that I don't know if, if even Belichick can really deal with him because he can throw with either hand. He seems to get rid of the ball no matter what and almost never gets sacked. So we know Brady can match a team for score for score, but I don't know if they have as quick an – I don't know if Brady can do it as quickly as the Chiefs can, but I'm expecting a, uh, a high-scoring game for sure. And I think the Saints are beating the Rams. I just think this is the Saints' year. I think they're going to win it all. I think Drew Brees is like this is like his last chance to win another Super Bowl, and I I, I think he's the second-best quarterback in the league. I do. Yeah. And 
you look at that team with the receiving core they have with Alvin Kamara with a pretty good defense that I think the Eagles fans were surprised at how good they could be. Yeah, but apparently one of their defensive linemen got hurt in that Eagles game, so that might uh, – yeah. you know, I've heard people taking the Rams because they think that they don't have any way to stop Gurley. So, yeah, but Gurley might stop himself. He's a little banged up. And yes. I don't think Gurley is 100%. And if that guy's not 100%, he's like a thoroughbred. He he really needs to be 100% to get the most out of him because you're right. With, they need him desperately. The thing about Kamara is – he can receive or run the ball. I think he's a, a more of a yeah. dual threat than Gurley, you know. So it, it'll be golf against Breeze, and I, I'm going to take Breeze every time. Right. Yeah. And one one last thing, uh, you know, the the Yankees signed Adam Adovino to a three year contract, who's a relief pitcher, and I know he had a good year last year, but I looked at his stats before last year, and they weren't anything like you know great unbelievable it's like they're talking about like oh my god the yankees have this incredible bullpen now with britain and and uh and chapman and Batances and Adovino. i'm like you don't know how this guy is going to react to new york i know he's from new york you don't know how he's going to react to new york you don't know how if i mean he could come in and be one of these relievers who just doesn't work and it's always a roll of the dice with relief pitchers and with starters. Yeah, and they, even Britain, Britain's had some ups and downs. He's really good, but he's had ups and downs. Like you're right. Every year, the one thing we've learned about Major League Baseball is relievers. It's year to year with these guys. Yeah, it's a roll of the dice. Better. All right, let, let's start the show. Hello, hockey world. Today is Friday, January eighteenth, twenty nineteen. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. <laughs> what do you got? Man? And I'm Michael Adello, and this is Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll talk about a couple of the uh, – well, there was one, uh, I would say, major trade yesterday and one minor one. And just – I mean, just to start off, though, the frequency of trades, I know that it was mostly Anaheim over the last uh, few days and them going – trying to, like, right the ship. Um, but – a lot, a lot more trades a lot earlier than normal, and we're five weeks out. the The, the trade deadline is February twenty fifth, so we're um, 13, 50, uh, 48, 48 day or thirty eight days away. Right. So that's five. That's five. A little over five weeks. And you know, usually it starts to pick up. I would say within a month. And this time, you know, now it's it, it's been, there's been more business than I had expected, Russ. Yeah, there's definitely been more business, and I think it's simply because it's past the halfway point of the season. Mm -hmm. So when you come back from the All-Star game, you can't say, well, we have half a season left because you don't. And with the way that everything is so tight, I think it has made teams start to think, all right, let's make our last-ditch effort now. We won't break the bank making a trade. Yeah. See if we could artificially spark the club, and if we can't, then at the deadline we'll have to be sellers. And I think a fair amount of these teams that have made these trades—that's exactly what will happen to them. Yeah, now the the bigger the bigger of the two deals yesterday was the Victor Rask for Nino Niederreiter deal. Yeah, and I mean we'd heard Niederreiter's name out there for I'd say at least a month, maybe going yeah. more going forward because. 
his totals were down. I think he only had nine goals. Yeah. He wasn't in it playing as much of a primary role as he had in the past. I know that uh, when watching Hockey Central, it was either Doug McClain or, or Brian Burke who had indicated that Bruce Boudreaux and, and Nino Niederreiter were not the best of friends. So um, he was a player that, you know, if he did something bad, he would get demoted to the, demoted in the lineup. And in the case of Rask, I know Rask had a, a lengthy injury at the beginning of the season, but he hasn't been the same player. And he had scored over. Promoted as well. He was only getting nine minutes ice time in a couple of his last few games, and he still was on a point streak yeah. of like four points in five games, getting like nine or ten minutes of ice time. And when they signed him that lengthy extension, I mean, he, I think he had scored 20 goals, and everybody was saying he was going to be their number two center, and then um, it, it, his fall was precipitous in Carolina and they seem to move on from here and move on from him. I mean, you know, up the middle there, you know, they've got stall. They've got, they, you know, yeah, I mean, let's talk about that for a minute. Okay. Let's, let's move on from Victor Rask, who is a young guy who's got all these skills. He's an excellent faceoff guy and a good two way guy. And let's hold on to an aging Jordan stall. That makes sense. Well, no, but it's a question of and Stahl has had injury problems over the, you know, yeah. he, he's, you know, he's starting to, you know, see that the wear and tear take a toll on him. But the, how but the old thing, do you think he is? Who, Jordan Stahl? Yeah. I'd say probably 28, 29. Yeah, he's 30, but you would think he's yeah. like 35 by the right. Fall right. And right. numbers and everything. But, you know, he's played tough minutes over the years. He's been, yeah. you know, I mean, when he was with Pittsburgh, he was behind Malkin and Crosby, but he was playing matchup roles and stuff like that, playing third line, you know, matching up against the other team's top center. And I think he's been more of a one or two uh, in Carolina. Uh, no, I mean, I see, think simply it was the fact that Rask was not working out he, uh, in Carolina. They were – they were ready to move well, on. Why is he not working out? Let's. Do, I, I don't know. Well, that I mean, okay, I'm going to tell you why. Well, because ahead. they have a new coach in Ron Brindamore, who has had an up and down season as a brand new coach, mm -hmm. and he, for whatever reason, demotes Victor Rask. Rask goes down to the fourth line, I believe it was, and remember that guy Maylanen, who I told you yeah. just came up. He actually started to click with him. And I think he had – I think it was Doug Abrams that said he had four points in five games. Like that's something where it shows you that Rask has the ability to really make a lot of other players better. And yeah. they just fell out of favor with him because for whatever reason, and we'll never know, we don't know what goes on behind the scenes, but as far as being a point producer – He's always going to get more points than Nito Niederreiter, right? Niederreiter is a better goal scorer, and he and he's a little bit tough. There's no question. Victor Rask is a way better player otherwise. So the other part of this equation that I think is worthy of talking about is you said, hey, is this a bona fide goal scorer? Because that's what Tom Dundon said he was looking for. Yeah, well, okay. I mean, just just to illustrate the point, they signed him to a a, 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 a long term contract making four four million a year. Um, he right the first year of that deal, he scored twenty one goals, twenty seven assists. Next right. year, 
16 goals, 29 assists. So mid 40s, respectable numbers, and four million dollars. If you're getting that for four million bucks, that's not bad. Uh, and, he's last, and he's a center. And he's a center. And he's, as you said, he's going to face offs. Last year, his point total dipped to 31 points yep. in 71 games. I know he had an injury this year that kept him out for a significant period. This year, 26 games, one goal, five assists. So it's cl clearly, and, you know, it, it was clearly a situation where he wasn't playing well. And then they started playing them less. And how can you break out of not playing well if you're not playing enough? So it's, I mean, that's why I'm saying I think it's a change of scenery for both players. But to the point you just broke up, brought up, um, Nita Ryder is not a goal scorer. I mean, he's a decent forward. He's a, I think he's more of a, you know, he's a top nine forward. He's big. He likes to hit. Um, you know, he'll provide a little sandpaper, which I'm sure, you know, somebody like Brindamore who played like that in his career will like. Um, they think they probably think that they have enough center uh, depth with Neckish coming next year or maybe even later this year, along with Aho, along with Stahl. So they don't, you know, they don't need Rask. Yeah. But the, the talk is, Russ, even after this deal, is that they're still looking to move a defenseman for a goal scorer. So this was not the move to make the goal scorer. This is a, a move to, I, I think, bring in somebody who they think is a better fit for what they're looking for than what they had. Okay. Um, and to, to illustrate the other point about Rask, so like Maylaney comes up and he has four goals and one assist, and a lot of that has to do with Rask. His two-goal game, Rask had one of the assists. Like, again, this is something where I think Minnesota looked at this and said, wow, we could actually get a center and save money. This is tremendous. We're going to do this deal, and we'll do it every day of the week. And the, and the funny thing is, and, I mean, we can't assume that Rask is going to, like, all of a sudden turn it around, but it's very possible that he could. If you look at Minnesota right now, with the cap restraints that they have, they're probably not going to be able to re-sign Eric Stahl, who scored 42 game, 42 goals last year. Um, he's making three and a half million now. He's 34 years old. He's having a respectable year right now. But mm -hmm. if he wants, if he wants to re-sign to Minnesota, they have no room to do it. No, no, so, I think this is it for him there. I do. Right. So, so that means that probably Rask, if he turns it around, is the replacement up the middle for yep. Stahl. Yeah, and I mean it's a smart move. I mean, I give Fenton all the credit in the world. This is a good move on paper. This is a good move in, in the ledger. And this is a good move for the team because it's not like Rask slows you down either. You know, he's faster than Niederreiter. So, you know, he made his lineup a little faster too. I'm not saying, you know, Carolina got hosed on a deal. I think Niederreiter will score goals with him. But I think, Car I think we have to look at Don Waddell and start breaking down these deals because I'm not sure they're any better than they were in Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, there. I think this deal feels has a reshuffling of the deck chairs feel to yeah, it. But what I mean, about last year's deal? We already talked about that, where it looks like Calgary's way ahead in that one. Oh my God! Oh well, yeah, please. I mean, just look at that deal right now. Remember, it was Elias Lindholm. It was, um, or sorry, it was it was Hannafin and Elias Lindholm going right. to Calgary. It was Furland, Dougie Hamilton, and and the rights to Adam Fox, who's playing at Harvard. At right, this right. point, 
Lindholm is having a career year. Hannafin's playing well in Calgary, and Calgary's in first place or at near the top of the Pacific Division. On the other side, Furland is a UFA asking for 6 to $7 million in free agency. Carolina's probably not going to pay that, and they'll probably trade him, which means maybe they get a second-round pick in something. Uh, Hamilton's name is out there in trade speculation because they're heavy on the, on the right side. And Fox could be the Jimmy VC of the 2019 of the summer of 2019, because he could decide to leave Harvard turn pro and by August 15th could sign with anybody as a free agent. So they, it's possible they could have nothing. If they trade Hamilton, they could have nothing but draft picks uh, and, you know, futures to show for for Noah Hannafin and Elias Lindholm after after this year. And that's why you have to be careful when you go into a team and say, we're loaded at this, we're going to change the culture, let's make trades. And that's where you have to be careful because just because it looks like Carolina is loaded right now on the blue line and up the middle, I don't think Jordan Stahl has a lot of years left in this league. He's still great at faceoffs. He's still a good two-way guy, but – you know, if he's going to score 15 points, 18 points a year, he's not going to play much longer, Yeah. you know? And then, and so that's something where I think people need to look at that. I could see Jordan Stahl going back to the Penguins and them signing him like for the minimum at some point. Yeah. I also have to bring this up just because it's people have to watch out for this. And we, um, we didn't get fooled by it because I, nobody retweeted it, but it came out yesterday. Somebody, some idiot with a fake account, decided to make up a, a fake Derek Broussard deal with, with Columbus all you know, because there had been some talk from Aaron Port's line that, that the, the Blue Jackets had been talking trade with uh, with the Penguins on Derek Broussard, and then they posted a, a, tra- a, a trade that ended up being completely fake. And it's just, I mean, get a, would you please get a life? I mean, yeah. you know, they think, I mean, what, what, what is really the point? So you can fool people who do this for a job for five seconds, but I know, find I don't out you're, before they find out you're a jackass. I mean, it's just, it's really stupid. It's yeah, really uh, Mike Doyle tells us that analytics people are saying the opposite about this trade. And I'm not going to rip analytics people, but I'm going to say, if you just look at what Minnesota got, Mike pointed out, they got a replacement center. I pointed out that they got a highly skilled guy. He's a little under 50% this year on faceoffs, but he's right around 50 for his career. So he's a pretty good faceoff guy. He's a good two-way guy. And he might go back to 35, 40 points a year. I don't care what the analytics of that are. That yeah. is great for Minnesota. And they saved money. Right. They needed to drop money off the cap. They saved a million too, and that's significant. So yeah. Um, okay, let's touch on a few of the games from last night. Uh start with the uh the meeting of the best team in the NHL against one of the better teams in the league, which is Tampa Bay and Toronto four, uh, two victory for the Leafs. They have 16 wins on the road. That's, I mean, that's really good. And they played, they have played really, really well on the road at home. They're only like 13, 10 and two, which is not good. And uh, it's a little surprising with all the offensive talent that they have. Um, one, well, I'd say the the biggest thing, the biggest factor in this victory was was Freddie Anderson bouncing back for the first really good effort since coming back from his uh, groin problem. He 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 was he was unbelievable. He was great. I watched it. He was tremendous. Yeah, thirty six saves, and um, you know, I mean, Tampa Bay has just got so many weapons, and that game. Uh, every time Toronto took the lead, Tampa Bay came right back. It was, it I guess was the back. biggest problem with the Leafs, and I don't know if this is a, on a game-by-game 
basis, but it, I've seen teams like this before. It yep. seems like every time they get a goal, they're at risk to give up a goal in the next minute or two after that. Yeah, they get comfortable. Yeah, they, they do. And 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 the, and the thing is, it's like a couple of their struggling players. Nazem Kadri scored scored a goal, played really well. Patrick yeah. Marlowe scored a goal. He was, I think, he was he was flying. It's, it's still Tavares Marner, Marner play was great. That Tavares. A bouncing yeah. puck he actually passed over to Marner, who was yeah. wide open. I don't know how Tavares got that on his stick. Yeah, the hand-eye the hand -eye coordination from Tavares was great in that one. And, then, and I said it was poetic justice. Uh, and you have to realize I covered the Calder Cup final in 2012 between a John Cooper-coached Norfolk Admirals against Dallas Eakins and the, and the Toronto Marlies. And the most infamous play probably in AHL playoff history was in double overtime when Mike Koska shot it in off a stanchion and Ben Scrivens went behind the net and the puck went off the stanchion and into the open net. And that was, a, the, I think that was game three. And that pretty much buried the Marlies. Last hockey version of Thor, like Noah Syndergaard is the baseball version. And last night, down three to two with the with Vasilevsky pulled a, a leaf defenseman uh, shot it off the glass and it didn't hit the stanchion but it hit like the glass protector at the top of the and that's edge. supposed to be out of play to be honest it is but they didn't they, they knew they it would have hit it, it. Wow. they didn't call it and it went out and headman and Stamkos and everybody was like raising their arms and, and, and immediately it wasn't like after the fact I think yeah, yeah, it was it was during the play it was yeah. But but Hyman put it in the empty net, and and right. I just thought it was sort of poetic justice that a John Cooper team got screwed. But I, I'm sure he'll take the Calder Cup victory, which got him promoted to the Tampa Bay job. But, but I do want to I do want to mention a couple things. So about that game, first one is I give Zach Hyman a lot of credit. He just donated a hundred thousand dollars to the Toronto Hospital for Sick Children. Yeah, I spent some time there as a kid. I, I was very happy to see that, and he's not like the richest guy on the Leafs, so that's that's nice. No, that but but you know what? He's he's a fantastic guy. He writes kids' books. He is yeah. really involved in the community. Um, you know, I, I I know that people have problems with him being paired up with you know talented players like Matthews and Nylander and Marner and uh, and Tavares. He but you ask those players, man. He yeah, does. you ask those guys. They love him on that those lines yeah. because he works. And the yeah. Leafs need the Leafs need two or three more Zach Hyman's. They really right. do. So they do. Now the elephant in the room is you get a play where it's a two-on-one. They feed William Nylander the puck. He's got the whole corner high of the of the net open. Vasilevsky, there's no way he can cover it. Nylander shoots and he shoots it to the moon. And I had to re I had to actually rewind that and see. Because I was like, how is it possible that this guy could even miss the net on this play? Because they set him up. You couldn't be set up anymore in any NHL game for a yeah. perfect one-timer. And you just look at his face, and he is, like, pained. He is in his head now. You know, the, the, the thing is, and I, I Nick Kiprios did a, a highlight package in between periods on the Sportsnet broadcast about sort of a side-by-side -side comparison of Kasperi Kapanen and, and, and Nealander. And because they were talking about what Kapanen's going to make in as a restricted free agent. And I, I'll just I'll just say this. Kapanen is, is playing great right now, but he's played, this is his first good year. And going into going into an RFA, if you've had one good year, you're not going to hit the big payday unless you, get, you sign for five or six years. 
I, he's probably going to sign a bridge deal. So it's not going to, he's not going to be making 3 million or $4 million a year. It's just, it's just not happening, but they're comparing Kapanen and how the effect he's had on the team to Nylander and, and Kiprios. I think he played a better game. He did. Kapanen played a better game and he's, and he's played better all year. Now you can say that, you know, Nylander is at the disadvantage that he didn't take, go to training camp and he didn't play the he first. He wasn't year. in shape. Yeah. He, he clearly, yeah, he clearly, to my mind, is is not in shape. He's played last few games. He's played great in the first period, and then has tailed off in games. Yeah, and they shortened his minutes for a while. I don't know about recently, but and and in the third period when they're up three to two, Babcock put Connor Brown on the line with uh, Hyman and Matthews because you know Nealander defensively is is not up to snuff right now. But the the whole point, and I see people uh, on Twitter saying that the critique of Kapanen v. Neilander and people talking more prominently about the way Kapanen is playing um, is sort of gaining force in the media, and they they think that's lazy because analytically they think Neilander is a better player, and they they point wow. to some certain analytics. Didn't help him so I don't cool. give a I don't give a flying you know what what his analytic numbers are right now based on how he's played in eighteen games he has been crap. And 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 Casper Kapanen has been one of the unsung heroes of the Leafs this year with his speed, with his two-way ability, and he's scored fifteen or fifteen or sixteen goals. There, there, there's there, there's no comparison right now. I'll give you an analytic moment when he missed that goal. That's an anticipated goal that's never going to happen because right now it, he is just his his head is so messed up yeah. that his mechanics are messed up on his shot, and he rushed it. And he shot, like I said, I mean, <laughs> if you go look at that play, it was wide open. He would hit that every time last year. Yeah, no, no, I am not underestimating the talent. Sure of the teammates are feeding him to yeah. get him off of this slump. And I think and I think that's affecting Matthews right now because they put him with Matthews and Matthews is struggling and they have two struggling players together and it's not, it's not working, but you know, I, I have not, I do not underestimate the talent of William Nylander. I've watched him play since he came over and played with the Marlies in 20, in 2015. I've seen him throughout his career. I think he's a great talent, but he's not playing well right now. And I think, you know, I continue to think that he is going to have, problems until you know maybe maybe until the end of the year but i i'm going to be surprised if he's on this leafs team next season i really I, I, I agree i will also tell you that with matthews i saw some mediocre to bad plays in, the, in his defensive play which is unlike him and like almost like one of those guys that's collapsing down low just so he thinks he's do something doing something near the net where he's leaving a guy wide open up at the circle like he did that a couple of times and I was really surprised that he did that because with his size, really all he has to do is challenge a guy up high with this stick and, you know, he could jog, he can make a guy change the direction of a play. If he's collapsing down low with his back to players, that's bad. Yeah, I think he's trying to, because he's struggling offensively, he's trying to try to do as much as he can at the other end. And he's I, doing I, the opposite by doing that. Right, right. But I mean, I, he's he's still not the most experienced player. And oh, I think and that's my point. Yeah. Is even when you think like one of these young prodigies is a young prodigy, there are going to be times where they have hiccups in their seasons. 
But but the funny thing is, is that recently they've been wholly reliant on the combination of Tavares and Marner, and that's their most consistent pairing. And you know, I, I don't I don't care what William Nylander needs to ju- get jump started. You're not breaking up that combo because there's been some people saying saying that they should put Tavares with Nylander to get him jump started. How many different lines? How many different combos do you need right now to try to get one player jump started? He either has to motivate himself to get going, or his coach has to motivate him, or they have to do something, you know, dramatic to to get him to wake up. But yeah, now uh, the chat room is like, well, I, you know, somebody said that they doubt that Dubas will trade Nylander when his value is at his lowest. It's not his value is not at his lowest. No, He's like everybody, the guy who had a horrible start to the season, didn't trade hard enough. Didn't go down for conditioning. Teams understand this, and next year is what they're looking at. If a team gets William Nylander in a deal at the draft, they're looking at what he's going to be next year. No one's worried about what he'll be next year. Right. Remember remember this about Nylander, and then we'll move on. His cap hit is 6.9 from next year for the next five years. Next year, the money that he's being paid on his second, the second year of his deal is nine million bucks, and eight point three of it is signing bonus due to him on July first, which means year one of the remaining five years, he's being paid seven hundred thousand dollars. If the if the Leafs wait until July second, they're set. They're trading a seven hundred thousand dollar player in terms of money out of pocket to a team, and. I mean that that gives a lot of value. That gives a lot of value, and he is a sixty to seventy point player. I am right. not saying William Nylander is not valuable. He's just right. not playing the way he's supposed to, right. and up to his talent level right now. A um, couple other games, and we'll take some questions in the chat. We'll do a couple of our our, our sort of GM game here because yep. a couple names that popped up. Uh, Bruins beat the Blues five to two, and the thing I noticed about that game, Russ. Jake Allen and goal. It's like <laughs> Jake Allen and goal. I, I'm I, I'm ready to put an L. Uh, no, I know, the but they can't play Bennington every night. So I'm glad they did it. And Bennington played great in the overtime loss to the Islanders. And and actually, I think it was Cat Silverman made a real good point. And I think we all knew this, but it's good to just illustrate it once in a while. Like three on three overtime is the hardest on the goalies. It's yes. just awful. It's awful for goalies. It is. And so I think – it was smart to play Allen just to give Bennington a night off. The results are predictable. Like it's just Jake Allen is going to get traded. He, he, if he, uh, teams will want him because there are different goalie coaches out there that say, that will say, Hey, look, his cap hits not that high. We think we could do something with him, And we don't know if he'll be our starter or backup, or maybe we'll have a tandem. You can still use Jake Allen in a tandem. Jake Allen has got two more years at five. It's all right, four point three five million. Not a terrible cap hit. Hello, Chuck Fletcher. There is your there is your bridge gap. Yeah, yeah. There's your bridge gap. Um, yeah. Oh, by the way, the the other the other trade the other trade made yesterday was of a minor variety. Uh, Justin Bailey, a former second round pick of the of the Sabers, um, goes to Philadelphia for Taylor Lear. Uh, it's, now this is an AHL deal, but Bailey, you know, a couple years ago the Sabers were quite enthusiastic about Bailey in terms of you know because he's a big kid, he can skate, he's very athletic. Um, his father was a former Buffalo Bill linebacker, so right. there was always there was always the critique that he was sort of a football player on skates, really a great physical specimen, but didn't have a tons of skill. 
maybe that's something that develops over, you know, in, a, in the next couple of years and he can be a useful third, fourth line guy for the Flyers. So I, what do you think of this deal, Russ? Yeah, I, I, I tweeted, I've watched him pretty intently over the years. He was even in the top prospects game, if I remember correctly. And Might have been back in the day. And the thing about him is he can skate. He is a great athlete and he's got a good shot. He is not a finesse guy and he's not necessarily an energy guy either. Like people are like, I hope he's just not an energy guy. He's really not. He's, he's either going to be like a good third liner or it's going to be a bust. It will be one or the other for him. I think because he, he could be like a Belmar. Yeah. He could be like a Belmar, a little bigger Belmar. I think that's a very good example. The, the thing about him is, and this is something I noticed from him early on. And remember, I always thought he would be late in developing. So 23 to me is not late for him. And that's why I think it's good that the Flyers are taking a chance on a kid like this. I've always seen games where he just wasn't fully engaged for the full 60. I know Sabres fans have heard that before with me talking about Alex Nylander. Well, I had the same thing with Bailey. And and I wasn't, and I asked around and I heard some similar murmurs too. If he gets past that and he's a guy that's fully engaged and he has a nice little run in Lehigh, he definitely can play some games for the Flyers and really prove to a new GM and a new regime mm -hmm. that, hey, I can make this team. So this is this is a good trade for, for Fletcher. It, obviously, they need a lot more, but this is a start. Now, what can the Sabres fans expect from Lear? Is he just a minor? Lear is fast. Okay. He, he, can, he can penalty kill if you give him the chance. He's smart, and he's strong. He's just not a finisher at the NHL level. He'll kill it in the AHL. For Rochester, he'll do great. But at the NHL level, for some reason, he hasn't been able to finish. He's pretty good with zone entries. There's good things to like about him. People always get, again, with Lear, you can go back, and he had huge years. I think it was with Portland in juniors and had a lot of points. Don't go by that. This is the Lear you see. is the Lear you see today, and he's not a finisher. I think when people say they simply traded – size for speed. I don't think that was the case with the Flyers. I think they're looking for even a little more than that. Uh, other games, Islanders beat the Devils. Devils continue to struggle. Um, Islanders stay in the, in the, um, in the playoff race. Um, Winnipeg beats Nashville 5-1. That's a big win for the Jets. Um, those teams are probably going to meet in the either, well, probably in the second round of the, uh, of the playoffs this year. Um, Rangers beat the Blackhawks four to three, and this was a uh, signature game for, for Henrik Lundqvist, who did he tie or, or eclipse? He tied, uh, he, he, no, he tied. He okay, tied, tied Terry Salchuk for sixth all time in wins. And then I sparked the usual <laughs> debate on my Facebook page. That's still going on, you know, 17 hours later. And the interesting thing about it is this. It doesn't matter what I say, and it doesn't matter what Joe Q. Public says. The hockey world says Henrik Lundqvist is an all-time great already. Mm -hmm. And he's sixth on the all-time list. Yes, if you want to say shootouts, gave him a few more wins, fine. My argument to that is, so he'd be seventh right now. At the end of the day, he is going to be a Hockey Hall of Famer. Yep. At the end of the day, he is better than Mike Richter. It doesn't matter that you've won a Stanley Cup, and Richter was terrific. I told people I push for Richter to get into the Hall of Fame. But if you're matching up the two, you have to go with Henrik Lundqvist. Now, there was an interesting argument. Derek Felix on my page said, well, Richter would have gotten 100 more wins if he didn't get hurt. He would not have gotten 100 more wins. He would not. He was already starting to decline a little bit. 
the yeah. when he was in the All Star game and they had the what was that the, the the shot competition where he blew his knee out. Yeah, he was already a little bit less than he was. Now the skull fracture obviously did him in, and he right. had to retire as a result of that. But he already lost something off his fastball from that. What was that? Two thousand at the All Star game. I can't remember. It was but, 2000 at MSG, I think. But but just to put it in perspective, 100 more wins is three good seasons. Yeah. It's, you know, usually a good goaltender wins you know, 35 to 40 victories, depending on yeah, how many he starts. He had 31 wins like four years before he retired. Yeah. He was never going to get 35 wins a year again. Even if the team had gotten better, he right. wasn't going to get that many wins. So to say he was going to get another 100 is silly. Now, years ago, I said that I felt that Lundqvist might be able to challenge Brodeur. You know, if the Rangers didn't go on a rebuild now, maybe he would have gotten close. He's not going to get close now because the Rangers aren't that good. Well, the I mean, the question is, again, how long is the Rangers rebuild going to be? And we, we both have talked about the fact that this might be sort of a one-year turnaround, that they're going to go out and spend money for Panarin or whoever. But, you know, Lundqvist is – He's 36 years old. He's got two more years left in his contract. I think he's going to play out the contract, and then he'll be done. So that means he'll play, he'll play the contract out. But if the team is good, they might want him back, and he might come back like year to year. Wouldn't shock me. Yeah, yeah. I think but, that's. I think that's that's safe to say. Now the scary uh, thing again for Blackhawks fans in that game is Savard is the guy out with the extra attacker on the ice. No other defenseman. How much are we talking about when you've got Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook on the bench when yeah. the team is on the line? How much money is that? That's uh, over almost $12 million. $12 million. Now, the other interesting thing, this is how desperate the Blackhawks are. When the game was on the line, they did have Dylan Strom out there with Debrinkit because they're familiar with each other. And then they had Kane and Taves. So you have the, you know, you have the, the young bucks, the aging stars, you had the one defenseman that they can count on to handle the puck. And I forget who the other, Oh, the other player was sod in front and he is not the same. He, that was just a bad trade. Cause he had been trending down already before they got him. And he's only 26 years old. Doesn't matter. The, I know, but it's, it's, it's bizarre. Cause he was a great player. I mean, that, not a superstar, but he was, no, a, really, he was a really effective player. But again, he was never that fast, and he did take a lot of shots because he's a guy that would always go to the crease, and sometimes it does slow a guy down, and he wasn't really doing much in the crease to upset the Rangers. Now, the goalie actually played pretty well. Was it Colin Delia? Yes. He yeah, he actually played pretty well. Oh, interesting. I mean, I know he lost, but it wasn't a bad game for him. Um. I'll just mention this because Elliot Freeman just retweeted it, and it's the first that we've heard from him since the strange uh, buyout, or st not buyout, the strange uh, uh, vacating of his contract. Patrick Berglund uh, talked to a Swedish newspaper or website and said, I've been feeling like, I'll say crap. He uh, admits that he didn't show up for practices and games, called the suspension nothing but correct, says he's disappointed in letting the sa the city of Buffalo and the Sabres down. So, you know, I mean, it's just, it just a weird situation. You know, it's like, it, it, I mean, basically walking away from 12 million bucks and three years remaining left in the contract. It sound, I, I can't draw from that what exactly is the nature of the problem, whether it's depression, whether you know, what it is. I just hope whatever it is, he he gets it straightened out because he was a good player. And I've 
heard uh, you know some of his teammates in St. Louis uh, talk, uh, namely T.J. Oshie, who's with Washington, say that he was a really good guy and he was concerned about him. So I hope whatever is going on with him, it, it gets straightened out uh, going forward. I have to Just, admit, who, who's the player? I was looking at my Pat, phone. Patrick Berglund. Oh, Berglund. Yeah, he he's definitely got some issues, and he was a pretty good player. I agree. Um, just to toot my own horn, um, just for a second, Elite Prospects just announced that Hockey Prospect Radio is now going to be on their website for replay. So people always ask, hey, if I didn't catch it on Sirius, where could I listen to it? You could listen to it on Elite Prospects. It's on their pay side, yeah. but it's not a lot of money. It's Congrats not. on that because and Elite Prospects is a great site. I use it all the time. Uh, just to, <laughs> just, just, <laughs> just, to, just to touch on this, though, Seabrook is is at six point eight seven five million. He's thirty three years old. Duncan Keith at five point five three million. He's under he's thirty five. He's got four more years. Based on the decreased role that the Chicago is using both of these guys, good luck trying to move them. Yeah, you can't. Good luck. I don't think you can unless you're going to eat half. Unless you're going to eat right, unless you're going to eat like two million dollars on Keith, and he's a three, like a three and a half million dollar player. Right. But but the question is, do you want to do you want to take that risk for four more years? So yeah, nobody's going to do it for four years. They'll 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 be able to trade him maybe in the last year of his deal if if he's even playing at that point. Well, they won't. They probably won't do it because of the cap recapture. Uh, ramifications because if they tr they trade him away then and he re decides to retire then they get hit with that penalty all at, at one time in the last year so they'll probably just keep him put him on LTIR or something like that they might and you're right I he's he's not tradable and again I used to think the world of Duncan Keith but now having seen a few more Blackhawks games he's just they don't have faith in him they don't and he's just not there anymore it's not it's not the Duncan Keith of old. No, uh, a couple other a couple other quick game, games, and we'll take some questions in the chat, uh, and we'll do we'll do one or two uh, the GM game here. Uh, yeah. the Ducks uh, break the twelve game winless streak with a three nothing victory on uh, over Minnesota. Um, it seems that I mean, based on the comments that I heard uh, Brian Burke talking with uh, uh, talking on Hockey Central uh, about uh, Bob Murray and about Carlisle. I'm of the opinion now that they're not gonna they're not gonna fire Carlisle for the rest of this year. They're just gonna ride it out because yeah, I agree. Yeah, from what Burke, from what Burke is saying, it says that the excuse. I mean, and you can say it's a it's, it's an excuse, and I know a lot of people would love to see Randy Carlisle fail again, but they really have been devastated by injuries. So it's really it's really yeah. has hurt them. When you lose Fowler and you lose Raquel and you lose Perry. And and Kessler is a shadow. Of just say that's not going to happen every year now. No, no, I exactly. Oh, I I think this is probably Carlisle's last year unless they get in the playoffs and make a run. But yeah, I mean, it's just you've got a bunch of older players, and I think that they have to really start to think about you know either buying out Kessler or doing something. Or I mean, this yeah, I don't know if there's a way out for. Anaheim because they got so much money tied up in so many older players. I agree. And the, and the last, the last one was the Kings beating the Stars two to one. Jack Campbell gets revenge apparently on his old uh, on the team that drafted him. It's, it's really it's, not a revenge game, though. Right. I mean, but but that that was that was the narrative that was that was put through there. Okay. Um. GM game. The the name. Of hold GM that thought. Okay, keep rolling. Okay. I'll 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 fill for a second. Um. The name that has popped up over 
the last few days. And, and, and we know LA is going to sell. It's just a question of who and what they get. Um, the, the name of Jake Muzzin has popped up. And now th this is the thing. The, I, I think that the cost that's being float out, floated out there for Jake Muzzin is obscene because they're saying right now that uh, that uh, Rob Blake is expecting to get a first and a top prospect. I don't think you're getting that. What's for, its salary at? For, it's a, I think it's $4 million. Well, you got to look I at mean, it. I mean, he's 29 years old. He's got 20 points. So he's a guy that could still get 30 points a year. He mm -hmm. logged 21 minutes of ice time. I don't think Blake's that far off. Okay, so and, – and he's not on the rumor chart yet, but – and I, I don't have a specific team. So let, let's just say generically, um, do you think that the price that's out there, a first and a top pro, – a first and a prospect, we don't, don't know if it's a grade A, grade B, but you think that's you think that's an expected or a fair – I, I do because even his shooting percentage is higher this year than it's been. The team is just bad, so he does. He's not going to have the same numbers, but he still could end up with around forty points. He could play top four minutes. Does that sound familiar, Mike? He's a top four guy. He is. Just saying. Um, okay, um, let's 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 go to Derek Broussard. now. Okay. There is rumors about. Broussard going back to Columbus where he was drafted. I look at this deal. I look at this potential deal and I, I don't know where the fit is because you, if you look at Columbus, okay, they want, they want to strengthen its center. This is a rental. So it may not cost if, if, it, if it's a typical rental and it costs you a second round pick and a prospect or something like that, then I think that's probably in the realm of possibility, but it's rumored out there that Pittsburgh wants to get something of significance back for Broussard. I don't think they're going to be able to get something of significance. You can't get something with significance at this point. Broussard is a guy that if you're getting him, you hope that he could do what he did with the Rangers, at least in the postseason. I mean, let's face it. I mean, Broussard has been a nice NHL player. He's never been great. He's had one 60 point year, one 58 point year. But other than that, he's been a pretty ordinary guy. When you look at his playoff numbers, they're okay. Like he's 44 points in 59 games is good. So that's what you're hoping. I gotta go take this talk out. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I <laughs> live live show, folks. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I mean I, I agree with that. I mean, Broussard, they expected a lot when they got him from Ottawa. I think they expected him to be what Nick Benino was during the uh the two uh cup years and he hasn't i mean he hasn't gelled really with kessel to give them sort of secondary scoring above and beyond the, the 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 line with crosby and the line with malkin so i i i i mean i don't think if if the if the goal to trade Broussard is to open up cap space to make another move because he's got, I think his cap hit is $3 million for the rest of this year. Mm -hmm. And I think you can get away with trading him for say a second round pick and you know, a prospect. And I'll look like, um, you know, a, a, maybe a Gabriel Carlson or um, uh, Ryan McKinnis or something, somebody of that nature, you know, for, for, uh, for Broussard and then you know the, the Blue Jackets get some depth up the middle and the and the uh, the Penguins get an alleviation of their cap situation and maybe they can 
add someplace else. But if you're expecting to get like rental for rental or a rental for somebody who can help you longer term, I, I don't think that uh, Jim Rutherford is going to be able to pull that off. No, I mean, you're, you're really just getting uh, a B or a C prospect or a third round pick. That's what you're going to get for Derek Broussard because last year he had four points in 12 games for the Penguins. He really didn't do what they had hoped they, he was going to do for them. All right, let's take some questions from the chat. All right. Questions from the chat. And we'll we'll do we'll continue to do this because the reaction to doing the sort of GM game has been uh po positive. And if you guys want to make some suggestions of potential trades that we would bat we would sort of bat around and say if it's you know it fits and maybe what what could work, you know, we're open to that as well. So you can include that in the chat yeah. as well. Terry, Terry didn't know uh what the fake announcement was. It was Brandon Dubinsky for Derek Broussard. So yeah, and if you look at that, it's it's totally asinine the because the only reason no no, the only reason I thought it was plausible is because they did activate Dubinsky yesterday. So I was thinking, all right, if they activate him and they trade him. It's not too far fetched. No, but the but the cap hit. I mean, it's fun. Yeah. he's making almost six for two more years, and that's the last right. thing that uh, that Pittsburgh wants. Right, which is crazy. Uh, all right, let's see. Bill C is asking: Is Guy Latouche a playoff of MXC or just a coincidence? I don't know. Do you? Nope. Okay, move on. Uh, Bill C wants to know if Tiger Woods is the greatest athlete of all time. He's not even greater than Jack Nicholas. Yeah, he's, no, he's not. No, sorry. I mean, it, he's a better athlete than Jack Nicholas, but Nicholas is a better golfer. Like, I, I don't think there's even a debate there. Yeah, please. All right. The ti the, the, the tiger, uh, the tiger cult. I'm sick of, sick of the tiger cult. Yeah. All right, let's see. I went way back because there, there were some questions even early on. Mm -hmm. Somebody said, who's going to take Jordan Stahl? Somebody would take Jordan Stahl. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, he still I mean, plays fourth-line center really well. And so if you're well, a team – Well, not fourth, third, more third. Well, on a playoff team, he's going to be fourth. I mean, this is the this is the problem with Jordan Stahl. Four more years at $6 million. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, if nobody's, it was, touching if it was, nobody's touching him at that. Yeah, if it was one or two, I don't think it would be a problem. Four more—that's that's that's painful. But if I were Carolina, I would have tried to eat some salary and trade him instead of Rask. But that's me. All right, because uh, I would rather keep the younger player. I mean, if money was such a a consequence for Dundon. You know, he would have to probably trade a prospect along with Stahl to move him. Right. That might work. There are teams out there that would say, okay, we'll take him as our third line center for the next four years. You know, he provides size, he provides experience, this and that. But you have to give us Julian Gauthier or yeah. Jake Bean yeah. or somebody. I do want to remark that clearly Drew has a drinking problem because he was trying to ask a question of Mike that would have prompted a certain answer. And we already got that answer from a different part of the show. So we're not going to go there. Uh, he probably just wants another drink though. Uh, Bill C wants to know, is Kuzi playing in the NHL this year? That's all I want to know. He has a Bruins logo. Why does Bill C want to know this so bad? That's the big question to me, but 
Yeah, he could play in the NHL after Michigan's done. It's possible because after that, he's going to play in the NHL next year. I mean, there was there was talk there was talk around the uh, end of the World Junior that uh, Vancouver wanted him to wanted to sign him right after, and yeah, that was yeah that cooled off, and maybe because he wants to finish out the year at Michigan, and he didn't have the greatest World Junior, let him finish out his year at Michigan, and if they you know end early enough then that's great. If they're in the playoffs, like Doug McLean said, then yeah, Quinn Hughes can play in the playoffs, but that's. And, you know, and rem- remember, that it might be, dream. it might, it might be a, it might be a case where Quinn Hughes will sort of leverage playing this year and burning off a year of entry level as we've seen in the, in the past with players. I think best, I think I actually think Besser did it with them. He played the last game of the season and that burned a year of the entry level deal off. Yeah. Now the guy who, who has his name is Guy Latouche. I don't know if he's actually answered that other question from before, but if he didn't, whatever. But he's he's having some fun saying Neil to Carolina. Yeah, nobody wants the James Neal contract. Nobody. Yeah, remember, it's five, it was a five-year deal, and it's only in year one. And what is he playing? Fourth line, right? I mean, that's the that's the one that's the one mistake right now with Calgary. Everything is going well except for J, except for the the James Neal signing. It's it's just been a disaster because yeah. everybody thought everybody thought he was going to play with uh, with Monahan and Goudreau, and they make the the deal with, for Lindholm and put Lindholm on that line, and it clicked. And now we're, you know Neal is without a home in a sense. I mean, yeah. how much do you think he regrets not taking the five-year deal and staying in Vegas? Uh, yeah. So Mike Doyle says, should the Pens go after Muzzin? No, because they can't afford the first round pick or the prospect because they don't really have the prospect to give them anymore. They traded Sprong. They're pretty much running out of deals. And so right now, no, they can't afford to do that. I don't care what Pierre Lebrun said. We know what the asking price is, yes, but I don't think the Penguins are going to be one of those teams that are heavily into it because unless they're trading somebody again like Brian Rust, you, you know, they can't do it. And I don't think they could keep picking apart the offense without her. Here's, uh, here's more on Patrick Berglund from our friend Ufi Bowden. Okay. Um, he says, it's a cliche, but money doesn't make you happy. I'll give it up. I'll, I'll give it all up anytime just to feel good inside. When you feel bad as I did, and I feel what I feel today. I really feel I've taken the right. I've made the right decision. Money is the last thing that means something to me right now. Well, I, I mean, we, we did talk about that. That could be an issue when he did this. Yeah, and and I mean, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I think he had made like fifteen or sixteen million in his career up to that point. So if you've made fifteen or sixteen million, it's it, it is easier to give up another twelve if you are truly unhappy. Okay. So. Yeah, I agree. No, and we we did say that that could be the issue. A uh, couple more questions. Okay. Thomas says the Islanders play the Caps tonight. Wonder if they'll play him again. Oh, he's talking about Leonard. Uh, no, I have a feeling they won't. But we'll see. I don't know if you yeah. want to play Leonard so many games right now. You you have a chance to give him a little bit of a break. While they're having a great point in the season, give them a little break. That's that's what I would do. Yeah, I mean the Leafs are playing Garrett Sparks for the first time in the second of back to back against Florida. So most teams are going to play their backup in the second or or in one of those two games. Yeah, Randy says Russ, I'm doing an NHL blog. The topic is on who to follow 
you're one of your followers I want to mention. Uh, then I would say Doug Abrams. From, he's a Hurricanes fan. He knows the Hurricanes better than anybody. It's Abrams, right? Did I get it right this yeah, time? Abrams. Yeah. Yeah. He knows the Hurricanes, man. Follow him. Uh, let's see. And if you feel like talking about the Leafs, follow me. <laughs> Bruce asks, are the Flyers getting a veteran goalie back? I think they're going to be looking at it. Stolarz is down with is, is with Lehigh right now, and and right now uh, Elliot's skating on his own, which means maybe he'll be back after the break sometime. But I don't think they trust Elliot really anymore, and so and Neuverth is not even in the picture. So I do think they will get a veteran, or if they decide that they want to go with Hart and Stolarz. They may decide that, but I don't believe that will be the case. So, but they are going to give Stellaris a chance to play some games. I don't know how many, but I do think they need to see where he's at because he's another guy that may have to get dealt just because, you know, he's run his course. Uh, they gave him a contract, a multi-year deal. So, I mean, they could use him in Lehigh and let him be the standard Lehigh guy. You know, that's fine. Maybe they do that. Uh, let's see. Last and question. Esmir wants to know why are so many people hard on Dylan Strome? It seems like he's found his footing in Chicago, especially playing with the Brinkett. Yeah, I agree. I I am not hard on him at all. I was I actually just was a little surprised that they went with him at the end of the game. But again, I pointed out that he does know how to play with the Brinkett and they did look pretty good together. So no, I I am, you know, I'm not I'm not that guy. I know people have been that guy. So, you know, no, I it's not the case. Um I, I'm just willing to give Dylan Stroman a second chance because Arizona has been a cluster uh, with a lot of their prospects, and I think you know he deserves a second chance. Steve wants to know: Did Neil win a cup? Yeah, I believe he was on at least Pittsburgh. one, maybe two. I think he was on. Was he in Pittsburgh in '09? Yeah. yeah, yeah, at least one of them. Yeah, uh, and then this last one, Jonas. I'm sorry, this is borderline absurd, but. Could I see the Leafs targeting Philippe Myers in the offseason? Yeah, the Flyers aren't going to offer him up. I don't think they're trading him. He's getting called up next year. He'll probably get called up at some point this year. Uh, oh, and Adam wants to know, is Hughes close versus Kako, Capo Keiko? Uh, I always have to say his name, full name, otherwise it's hard to process. Is he close for number one? No, I don't believe he is. I think you will see uh, horribly written articles that will make the case that it is close. I think when you talk to scouts and people in the know, that's not the case. Yeah, I, I'd like to go back to ask somebody from the Leaf organization to see how close they thought Line A was to Matthews, and if there was. Even oh, Mike says that Neil never won a cup. I thought he was on that 09. I, I thought, yeah, I thought he won that 09, but okay. Um, but I'd like to find out, you know, from Pete, from you know, if I could ask. Kyle Dubas off the record or some or somebody in the Leaf organization, you know, how close they thought line A was to Matthews because oh he's still with Dallas. Sorry. Yeah, they're right. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. But no, I just did just this, you know, because I mean close they were, yeah. I yeah, mean, because I mean you know that like at the world championships when they both played, everybody, well, line A played so much better. And then Matthews the reason, was actually playing pretty well. Yeah. No, I mean, I think the reason that that the Leafs went with Matthews was because he was a center and he had a better all-around game. So at the end of the day, anytime if you think if you think the goal scoring is close or the points are close, 
you're going with the center. Yeah. All right. Great show. Uh, we will be back on Monday with another edition of the Hockey Buzzcast. For Russ Cohen, I'm Michael Agello. Thank you for watching, and remember, without the buzz, it's just hockey. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.